Welcome to Sea of Fire Ministries with James Myers. Today, James discusses the parousia, Christ's second coming, a subject in which there is much speculation of which James, having attempted clarification in the first message, speaks to encourage believers. You can find more information about our ministry by visiting us at seaoffire.org, or you can view James's latest videos on YouTube at Sea of Fire Ministries. We hope this message serves to strengthen and build up the church. All right, let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your benevolent providence. We thank you for your testimony. We thank you for your truth. As as we consider the second coming of your Son, we ask that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Fill our hearts with yourself. Fill our minds with your truth. As we consider the mystery of the Perusia. Father, we trust in your providence and your blessing over this time. So we give it over to you. So in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So, I'm reminded of uh, the birth of our firstborn for those who have yet to have a child. That time takes forever. Uh, but our first, our first son, you know, uh, almost 22 years ago, uh, I couldn't wait to be a father. I was very excited to be a father. Um, but, uh, but the time, that nine-month period, stretches on for almost nine years and doesn't get any shortened as we had another child anyway. We had, you know, we've had two, so I don't know if that changes with the third or the fourth, but uh, that, that time is filled with anticipation and it's filled with preparation. You know, you, you spend that time tending and caring for your wife, or obviously if you're the mother, t- tending and caring for yourself, and as much as I complain about the time frame and so forth, I wasn't the one with the first trimester experience and the sicknesses and and carrying over, carrying a bowling ball for nine well for the latter part of a nine month period. However, again during that time, there's much preparation. You try to prepare the room as much as you can. You know if you know if it's a son, if you're having a son or a daughter. We did know that we were having a son. We weren't yet saved, and and uh, but either way, we could not wait uh, for for our child to be born, our son to be born, and. You know, no matter how much you're prepared, you know, as the days come closer, as that nine-month period at the the end, the duration of that nine-month period comes closer and closer, try to have your diaper bag ready. You know, you try to have everything ready, a suitcase ready for when you for when it's time, and you're and you're prepared as much as you can. And I'll never forget, pretty much in the middle of the night, being awakened and told that it's time, um, and Nothing really prepares you for that as much as you can be prepared and ready and, and packed up and so forth. Nothing, there's nothing quite like that. And I think that's a good way to see Christ's second coming. You know, the whole history, the whole, the whole age of the world is leading to that point. And we must be prepared and we must prepare. But again, that time will come when we least expect it, when we least expect it. So that's why we must always be ready. And when it does come, though, 
all the travails of that waiting, all the travails of the sin and the darkness of this world is lifted into the glory of that cloud, of the Shekinah cloud of Christ. Now, as we consider his second coming, as we said in our, as we mentioned in our previous message, there's much mystery surrounding this. And so this message will be much different than previous messages. You know, I'm far less dogmatic with many, much of what we can be, what can be gleaned from this. But we will speak specifically, in particular, the 22nd chapter of, chapter of Revelation until God willing, we can take some time to go through the whole book of Revelation. We're going to conclude with chapter 22. Before then, I really want to give many passages. Some of these we will stop and talk about, but mostly I kind of just want to give you the testimony straight out of the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, leading into His second coming. So the first one I want to share with you is in the book of in Micah's prophecy. Okay, there are many prophecies that we could have chosen from, but I've chosen basically from three: from Micah, Isaiah, and Daniel. Okay, so Micah chapter four, verses one through five, says, "Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills." and peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways, and we shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion the law shall come, go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not live up, lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts is spoken. For all people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. So the only thing I really want to say about this is this is the end of, of warfare. This is absolute peace. So they shall beat their swords into plowshares. So they will make the, they will turn the weapons into instruments they, they, and their spears into pruning hooks. Again, basically for, for harvesting, for work, for labor. No more war, absolute peace. But he will judge between many peoples, all peoples, will be judged. Again, he will judge the goats on his left hand according to their works. He will judge the sheep on his right hand according to his works. Everyone will be judged. Okay, now, and again, that's all, that's kind of all I want to say about that. Again, we are going to, I just want to give some of these, some of these are going to, these are meant to be encouraging, but some of them are talking about the judgment to come as well. Okay. So Isaiah chapter 2, verses 12 through 21. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come, upon, shall come upon everything proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be brought low. 
upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan, upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, upon every high tower, and upon every fortified wall, upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all the beautiful sloops, the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day, but the idols he shall utterly abolish. They shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth from the terror of the Lord and the, and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. In that day a man will cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made each for himself to worship, to the moles and bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the crags of the rugged rocks from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. Only one thing I want to say about this is everyone worships a God. Everyone. Even the atheist, even the agnostic. So these, these men and women have idols for themselves. And remember when when we considered the book of Judges, there were many that were hiding out in the rocks. The people of God were hiding out in, in, in rocks and under, in, in caves and so forth. Such it will, so it will be with fallen and unregenerate men and women. The day of the Lord will come and they will be absolutely afraid, hoping anything can save them from the wrath to come. And so they will be hiding away. And those, that which they trusted in they will also hide away in the clefts of the rocks and so forth, hoping that it won't be seen. Shame will be at its, its absolute height. The truth will be manifested in the clouds of glory, a Christ coming. Again, all eyes will see his coming. Everyone will see the glory of Christ when he returns. Some to glory, some to everlasting damnation. And they will seek any shelter, any shelter. The true, the only one true shelter, the only true rock of protection is the rock of ages, the rock of Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone of truth and the good news and absolute salvation, true salvation. But many will seek to hide away from the wrath to come. Those who are not ushered up those who are not taken up into the cloud of glory will seek any refuge, and they will find none. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 22 through 25. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, just like he did to Abraham. Remember, he can swear by no one greater, so he swears by himself, by his own name. The word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, Surely in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come, and all shall be made ashamed, who are incensed against him. In the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. So again, he swears by himself, by the testimony of his own name. His own name is truth. He can swear by nothing higher, so he swears by himself. But surely in the Lord, in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. Only through the salvation of Christ, only through the righteousness of Christ and the strength of his salvation, 
His mighty horn, his horn of strength, we are saved. So surely in the Lord we have righteousness and strength. To him all men shall come. All men and women will bow the knee to Christ and profess him as Adonai, whether they like it or not. Because it is absolutely true. And that's when he will be revealed truly and manifestly. And no one, no one will have a choice that will be all you're left with. All will bow the knee and proclaim him as Lord. Some to everlasting life, others to everlasting death and perishing for eternity. Daniel chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. At that time, Michael shall stand up. He's an archangel, okay, as well as Gabriel. Michael's basically the angel of war, to put it simply. At that time, <clears throat> Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch, watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book... And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall, shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. See how the flow of the Old Covenant, the flow of the Old Testament prophets into the New are one. Are one. This is much just like what Paul gets gets at in his epistles. Just like what James, Jude, John, Peter, all of all of the all of the apostles, all of the disciples of Christ, were saying these self same things. So it, now, Luke chapter seventeen, verses twenty through twenty four. This is Christ's warning. And again, we got into this a little bit um, in our last message, but I wanted to take some time and, and mention this here. So again, chapter 17 of the Gospel of Luke, verses 20 through 24. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Okay? So we are always prepared. We notice that the tribulation is throughout the ages. But it does not come through observation, with observation. Nor will they see, say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Not within everyone. Okay. It is within those who are his. That's why the kingdom of God is both an in, external paradigm and it's an internal paradigm. Those who are indwelt with the Son of God have the kingdom of God in their hearts and in their minds and in their souls. That's how we truly worship God and we truly love God with our minds, with our hearts, and with our souls. Only by the kingdom of God indwelling us through Christ. Then he said to the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here or look there. Do not Go after them or follow them. Again, this is a warning for the entire church, for the entire bride of Christ. Don't look to a man to tell you when these things will be. The Son of God, the Son of Man, did not know the hour, does not know the hour. 
we are always and ever to keep watch and always and ever to be prepared and always and ever to be ready for his coming so when one says look here or look there do not go remember that all the olivet discourse when when i didn't mention this but when christ was warning them when you see jerusalem surrounded flee to the mountains at that time the the tendency would be the people when the, when they're being besieged in their villages they would go to the walled cities and jerusalem was highly fortified huge walls thick very thick walls so the tendency was and all the jews did this and over a million Jews perished in, 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 in that awful day. However, the Christians truly fled to the mountains because of, a, because of Christ's warning. So he's saying, even here, when that, as the day approaches, don't seek refuge between, behind a wall. Seek refuge in him. He is the rock of ages. He is our protection. Okay? So when a man says, look here or look there, don't go after him. Do not go after him. If anything, run the exact opposite direction. Romans chapter 13, verses 9 through 14. If there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this knowing the time, that now it is time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So the absolute salvation, remember salvation is eternal. It, it, it stretches the paradigm of past, present, future. We were saved since the foundation of the world. All of the people of God's names were written in the book of life and eternity. And we are, we are saved now, in time, in time. Truly, when he reveals himself to us, we are saved. And then we are being sanctified, being more and more conformed to the image of our Savior until the absolute culmination of salvation when he returns, when he returns. So that's what he's saying, you know, um, knowing this, knowing the time that now is, it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Every moment since we first believed, that day is drawing near. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and, no, and make no provision to the, for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Fulfill your desire. Put on the armor of Christ. Let's just put it that way. There, there are many imagery, there's much imagery that Paul uses, especially this armor of God. Put on the full armor of Christ and, and seek His fulfillment. Seek the fulfillment of His second coming. Not not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, not, not in any of the nonsense of this world. Those who are of this world will perish with the world. Those who are His, those who, are, those who seek Him and follow our Good Shepherd, follow Him into the cloud of glory, into the Shekinah, 
until the new earth and the new heaven, and then into the new earth. So seek not these passing things. Seek salvation from the eternal Savior. Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. Brethren, join in, follow, join in following my example, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So this is a warning and an encouragement. Okay, so I, this I have told you often, and I tell you now, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame. Our glory will be manifested in Christ and is manifested in Christ. Their glory is their shame, everlasting shame, everlasting shame, where there will be gnashing of teeth. It will be mourning and gnashing of teeth. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heathens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So again, some will fall away into everlasting death, into everlasting fire. Those who are his into everlasting life. Be ready. Be prepared. First John chapter 2 verses 18 through 23 uh, first little children it is the last hour and as you and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come by which you know that this is the last hour they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us but they went out that they, may, that they might be manifest that none of them were of us. So he, here he's talking about apostates, apostate Christians who still call themselves Christians. And basically he's saying they were never of us. Even though they came into the fold, even though they came into the church and professed Jesus Christ, they do not possess Jesus Christ. For if they, did, if they were of us, they would have remained with us. That's that's why I made the point in our last message. The Antichrist isn't basically one who is absolutely against Christ. They are against the truth of Christ because they make their own truth. They make their own way. They they like their own ideas of these things. And so keep don't 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 be a part of that. And again, flee away from these. 
flee away from these. But we talk much about this Antichrist, and he, the lawless one, is to come. But there have been many lawless ones, many apostates, and, and John is making this clear. They went out from us because they were never of us. But you, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So again, he is, no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the only way. He is the true way. He is the true life. Verses, verse 28, chapter, first, chapter 2, verse 28, until the third chapter of chapter 3. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. True righteousness. True righteousness. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it, not, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So again, this is something I've been alluding to about we don't yet know what we will be, but when he is revealed, we will see him just as he is, as he truly is, and we will be like him. We will be like him. This is a wonderful, comforting word for his people. Going into Revelation before we get to chapter 22. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Again, I'm, I much prefer and who is coming, because who is to come, which is, which is true translation as well, but contextually I think they signify two different things. I think when our tendency is when we hear to come is something that's just kind of out there at a distance and it doesn't portray as much that Christ everything he's doing now is preparing for his coming so he is coming the Almighty chapter 14 verse 14 through 16 then I looked and behold a white cloud 
and on the clouds sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now this is the this is the harvest of his people. There's after this it talks about the harvesting of the grapes of wrath, which will be trampled underfoot, and the blood will flow through the streets. Again, one harvest, some to glory, some to everlasting death. Chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books, books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which are written in the books. They're not written, they're not in the book of life, so they have their own books and their own testimony, their own lives, and they're judged thereby. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake. A fire. So, before we get into chapter 22, we must beware and be ready for His coming, not only to preserve us from the wrath to come, but to preserve us in the glory to come. But this is a warning. But this is, this for His people, yes, this is, this is a fearsome thing, but this should generate our desire to seek out the lost. The, the disciples, the apostles say that God is not pleased that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life, that all should come to the name of Christ before it's too late. So we must seek out the lost. There are many sheep of his outside of the sheepfold right now. Some in the pews, again, going attending churches, who must be awakened to the salvation of Christ so that we, they are finally and at last the sheep on his right hand. Okay, now let's go to chapter 22. <coughs> and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of a street, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree according I'm sorry, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true, 
And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of this uh, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand he who is unjust let him be unjust still he who is filthy let him be filthy still he who is righteous let him be righteous still he who is holy let him be holy still and behold i am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take, of the, take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this, the prophecy of this book, If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. He who has ears to hear the word of God, let him hear. And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Remember, when Christ shouted out in the marketplace, He who thirsts, come to me, for he will, be, he will drink of the rivers of life, the waters, the fountain of life. He is that fountain. He is the stream of the water of life. True life, not existence, not merely existence, life in righteousness, in Him, eternal life, true life, what we are meant for, what the, how we were created, and but yet glorified. Adam and Eve did not have this life. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was the tree of life. They, they, didn't, they, were, they were not allowed to eat of these trees. And then when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were cast out of the garden so that they wouldn't take of the tree of life. That tree of life shall be ours forever. He is the, true, he is the tree of life, which gives fruit in its season, which gives fruit in its time. That's why it's the 12, again, this is symbolism, but the symbolism points to Christ, points to God, points to the salvation, points to the life to come, the true eternal life full life in glory 
manifested in his people forever. An eternal feast with the Lamb, an eternal feast with the King, an eternal feast with our brother, with our true Savior, with the only Savior, with the Son of God, before the throne of God, with this stream of life, the stream of the water of life, with the tree of life on either side, all life, all life, and a true assembly of believers in absolute righteousness and in glory. No more sorrows, no more sufferings, no more plagues, no more pestilences, no more sicknesses, no more any, no more death, no more wars. That which shall not be any longer, that which will be rolled up as a scroll and burnt for, for eternity, shall perish away. But what's to come is fullness, gladness, joy, peace, triumph, True, a true assembly, a true relationship, never a lie again, never a temptation, never a sin, no more sin, no more darkness, pure light, and a light that is not too radiant. We can't look at the sun. We cannot look at the sun. The glory of God is going to be much more pure than that of the sun. Yet we will be able to see him face to face, coram Deo, before the face of God. True light. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Again, throughout all the ages of the world, there's, there has been strife and there will be strife between nations. The leaves of this tree is meant for healing. Many leaves of trees are, are kind of like an aloe. They're kind of for salve, for wounds. There are wounds in this world that must be mended, that need healing, and that comes from the tree which is Christ. <coughs> and there should be no more curse. No more curse. The curse that has been since sin, since Adam, since Eve, shall be no more. Pure blessings, no more oracles of woe, no more of this shouting down, no more of this, only oracles of weal, true blessing, true adoration for our God and from our God. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. So we will truly wear the... the those who are of the Antichrist, those who, who despise and reject Christ and God, will have a seal of their own. Okay, But we have a seal of the name of God on our foreheads. In other words, clear in our minds, in our hearts, and in our souls. Okay, But we will, Christ says, uh, we will all be given a name, a new name. A name that we don't quite yet know, but will fit us perfectly. Remember, he calls all of his sheep by name. We don't yet know what that name will be, but it will be perfect. It's one we can't even muster up ourselves. When we, because we don't even know ourselves truly. In this world, in the darkness of sin, we don't even know ourselves, much less anybody else. We have the tendency to judge others before we judge ourselves. That's why Christ says, 
fool, hypocrite, take the plank out of your own eye before you start looking at others. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. It's dominion is the dominion that he had given to Adam and Eve over creation. We shall be the greatest part of creation. Again, we will always be creatures, but we will live forever and ever with our God and have a true dominion and truly reign forever, not over men and women. We will be servants just like our Savior. That's Again, he came to serve, not to be served, but to give his life as a ransom for many. So will we on that day, forever and ever, seek, joyfully seek, to serve, not to be served, not to be served. And so it will be also with our King, serving at the table that is His, serving at the feast of the wedding, the wedding feast of His bride and of Him, forever eating at his table, sitting at his right hand, sitting by our Savior, sitting by the Son of God, resting forever and ever with him, not, not lackadaisically. We won't want to do that. We will have energy like none other. Our backs won't hurt anymore. We won't get sore. We won't get tired. We will never grow weary. We will never grow lax. Our faith will no longer be faith, it will be truly sight. And all that, you know, God willing, you have had moments of absolute elation of, in faith, glorifying our King, glorifying our God. Those moments will be heightened at to their full forever and ever. No more shadows, no more wondering. Now, we won't know everything. Again, we will not become God. We will not be omniscient. But we will have forever and ever to seek these things out. That's one thing I'm looking forward to. It's <laughs> one thing I'm looking forward to. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. So again, the whole testimony, this whole this whole book and all the books therein are pointing to the second coming, pointing to the parousia, pointing to the second coming and the culmination of all things, where there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The old will pass away, and behold, he makes all things new. That's what he says. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I saw and heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel. Now, the only thing I want to say about this is, notice what the angel says. See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant. Angels are ministering servants. They are here, they are here to minister to us for God. They are our fellow servants. They are not greater than us. And technically, we are not greater than them. The book of Hebrews kind of gets into, you know, the, the angels are kind of ministering spirit, spirits to minister to men and women. But on that day, they won't. They won't have to. So we will be one with the angels. The angels are also creatures. There's only one that's not a creature. And that's the creator. So we will be 
eternally with the glorified creatures that are his. No more darkness. No more demons. No more spirits of this age. No, none of that. None of that. True glory. Absolute communion with a glorified creation in a new heaven and a new earth. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Our Savior is eternal. He is the beginning and the end. He created all things, he sustains all things, and he will bring the end. By him by himself, he is coming. He's coming quickly. He's coming quickly. These warnings, these warnings, the time frames, basically, the reason one reason, let me put it this way. One re- I'll speculate. This is my speculation, okay? The reason it's quickly because we do not know what hour. So no matter what we're doing, it will be quickly. Even if we're asleep in the ground, it will come quickly. He is coming quickly. When we tarry in our intermediate state before the throne of God, even so, even then, he's coming quickly. In a time and an hour we don't expect. Blessed are those who do his commandments. What is his command? What is his great, greatest command? To believe. To believe. The new commandment he gave to us was to love one another. Follow his commandments. To believe on him, to believe on the Son, and to love one another engenders, manifests, following all the other commandments. All that's again one of the points we made the commandments reflect who God is but more important they reflect who we are supposed to be who we were created to be so do these commandments but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices lie a lie now that's not exhaustive but Dogs and sorcerers. There are many who try to manifest certain, you know, certain ways to reflect the things of Christ. Let me put it that way. To, to as a lie, even though they think, when men and women reject the only way that is to life, they will find the most wayward things, the most foolish and insane things ever. And that's what they do. And they, and they do this, and they conjure this up, and they think you're a fool. And they are the fools. They are the dogs. And the sexually immoral. Now, the sexually, sexual immorality has been since the dawn of creation. And it exists now. And manifests greatly now. And continues to degenerate and degenerate keep watch of these things even when no one can see you he sees you stay away from these things stay away from these things you are not safe when you're alone just because you're isolated you don't think that's not written in the book 
You, you think that escapes God's gaze? You are only safe in our Savior and His truth. Put away any, anything that tends toward sexual immorality. I only say this because in our time, it's so easy. It's readily at any of our disposals. And it's easy to think that because you're hidden away, tucked away somewhere where no one else can see, then there's nothing to worry about. And perhaps, you know, you'll just give yourself over to this and then put it away after a time. You have no idea when he's coming. You have no idea what time. Put these things away. These are darkness. These, these will be burnt up in an internal flame. The sexual union is actually a beautiful thing. That's why it's meant only for a husband and a wife. Because this, this, is, almost, this is like the height of creation. is to procreate, but it's, it's where you can be naked and unashamed before one, with one person. The wholeness of the marriage union, that's what the sexual union is for. That's why it's created. And he created it good. He created it good. We have marred it. We have marred it. Don't do so. Remain in him. Flee to Christ. These things will only lead you into darkness. Only lead you astray. Even though you think you can put them away for a time and return and think that, you know, and he is faithful. Look, you know, we are, we will, we are all still fallen and in sin. But don't give yourself up to corruption. Give yourself up to the righteousness that's, that comes from him. The righteousness of salvation, the righteousness of our Savior. And murderers, now murderers and idolaters, I mean, there, there's so much there. Again, even Christ says, <coughs> he who is angry with his brother and, call, and Nate calls his brother Raka, fool. You know, even he is in danger of hellfire because he's murdering the soul of this person and idolaters. The world, whoever does not bow the knee to our Savior, who does, who does not bow the knee to Christ, who doesn't believe on him, who, can't, who is, who was, and is coming, all are idolaters outside of his salvation. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. This is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the bright and the morning star. You know, again, if we want to see the sun as an analogy, I mean, that's kind of what it, it, this is taken from. His light is true light. His grace is true grace. His truth is actual truth. So put away. Flee from the things of darkness. Flee from the things of this world into the world that is to come. And the Spirit... And the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. 
Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Again, all of his people, all of God's people, must, should, eagerly anticipate his coming. Being ready, being ready for that great and final harvest. For the end of this dark age, full of shadows, full of sin, full of corruption, full of strife, full of misery, full of death, full of pain, full of suffering, full of, ang- full of illness, full of brokenness. He is whole and he makes whole. He is life and he makes alive. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone asks to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book, which are many, which are many. This is why I, I, I must, you know, that's why I, I'm only given this like this. I will not add to this book. Neither will I take away. Neither will I tell, tell you, look here, look there. You do, neither do you do these things. And should you come across a man who proposes such things, flee. Run away into the embrace of our Christ. And if anyone takes away from the words of this, uh, the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Let this reverberate in your minds and in your souls and in your hearts. Let it be, an, let it be a lifelong echo in your consciousness until he returns or until you fall asleep yourself. Always hear our Savior saying, I am coming quickly. Will you be perfect? No. No. He perfects, though. And so we must walk the straight and narrow path of the, of the Christ, of the true Messiah. Never straying to the right hand or to the left hand. But the more you follow him, the more he will keep you on that path. So when... You, you, you see this shortcut, or you sh- see this shadow you want to indulge in for a moment. Hear him say, I am coming quickly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That, that is a wonderful benediction. At the end of this whole testimony, this is a blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Truly, I I seal this testimony up by the grace of Christ, of the Lord Jesus Christ being with you. Being with you now until it's culminated in the new heaven and the new earth. Now, only thing. The only way, the only, the only way I wanted to conclude with this is to say, keep watch.
much. Don't stray. Don't stray. There's one truth. There's one life. There's one light. We are but shadows. We come from the dust. He will give us glorified body, incorruptible bodies and souls, immortal bodies and souls. This is our pursuit. This is the life that we have been summoned to, which will be culminated, finally realized, when he comes, and he is coming quickly. We think that we tarry. We think he tarries. And we think we have so much time. I've told you of many I've come across who just don't think that they're worthy. They don't think they're ready to come to Christ. Nobody's ready or worthy to come to Christ. He makes worthy. Jesus Christ did not come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live. Never forget that. This is life. And he came not only to give life, but life abundantly. Remember? True life. True light. Sin is absolute darkness. Flee. Flee. When you have temptation mustering up, this is a testing. Don't be deceived. You're tempted by your own desires. We are all tempted. Okay, I'm including myself. We're all tempted by our own desires. Don't be deceived. And don't fall away. Don't fall away even momentarily. And should you fall away, repent on your face. Mourn that you have ever offended the righteousness of God and broken and destroyed the image of Him indwelling in you. You were made in the image of God, and when you corrupt yourself, you corrupt His image in you, and you corrupt His truth. You make him out to be a liar. That is no small thing. Even a peccadillo sin, even a little sin, a, sli a slight sin, is a great offense to God. He is pure, and he purifies, he makes pure. Though you are weak, he makes strong. Though you are defiled, he makes pure. Though you are thirsty and quenching, for righteousness. He is the fountain of living waters. Though you starve and hunger for life, he is the bread that has come from heaven. Seek after the light. Seek after the glory that is to come. That on that great day, you will not be left at the mill you and we together be gathered up into the Shekinah to rule and reign with our Savior and together forever and ever.
in the light and the glory of our God, world without end. Praise God. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and your truth. I ask that will these be hard things to consider. I ask for your peace. We ask for your truth. We ask that when man separates, you bring together. We cannot cut you asunder. You can cut us asunder. Father, we ask for your grace. You might make us complete in the glory of your good name. Till that day, my God, even through this tribulation, keep us strong, keep us bold, keep us on watch. And though it seems you tarry, and though it seems that this darkness only gets darker, and though not all shall come to glory, even so, Lord, come. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sea of Fire Ministries. We hope and pray this has blessed you in your walk with God, and we hope you join us again next week. You have been listening to Sea of Fire Ministries, where the Word of God is life.